Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, and welcome to tonight's show. I'm going to be your host tonight, Tanisha. My sweetheart is out running some errands. Um, my birthday's tomorrow, and I just told him last minute what type of cake I wanted, so I'm sure he's getting everything together. He is our official family cake baker. If you ever have an opportunity, Terrence makes the best cakes. They're really moist and delicious. And I couldn't make up my mind what kind of cake I wanted, so I told him, uh, I think it was yesterday or today. I can't remember, but I just told him, and he was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be your host tonight. Um, not going to be a long show. I've got some things I need to take care of before tomorrow, but I definitely wanted to come on here um, and have a chance to minister and to speak to you about things that the Lord has been sharing with me that actually ties in to what Randy has been talking about. So um, to start off, um, I like to follow cases. I always have, even from the time I was a child, I like to follow cases. And I've been um, following a couple of cases. I won't name the specific cases, but some of you guys probably are aware of it. But one of them um, was a case where a man had got into it with his uh, girlfriend and she had, I guess he had cheated on her. She beat up on him. And um, because she was angry, she instructed her brothers to go over there and shoot his place up. Well, the brothers went over there with their friends and the guy ended up, um, they went over there, beat him up. And the guy ended up um, following them out and shooting uh, 39 times at their car, killing one of the guys. And he was on trial, and the trial ended today. He was found not guilty on all counts. Um, a new case that I'm following now, a woman was, has had an ongoing dispute with her neighbor. And something happened between her child and the neighbor. And the neighbor's known as like the crazy neighborhood lady. Um, and she went over there to confront her. And the lady shot her through the door and killed her, the neighbor. Um, initially, she wasn't arrested, but it's been picking up some speed online. So now she's been arrested. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about those two stories, it ties into what the Lord has been speaking to me recently and even what Randy has been touching on um, and ministering on this week. I'm going to read you a scripture. Let's go to... Romans 12, 19. I'm going to read it out of Amplified. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath and his judicial righteousness, for it is written in Scripture, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So again, that's Romans 12, 19. Let's read it out of the NIV. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And let's read it out of King James, since that's Terrence's favorite. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And so something that the Lord has been speaking to me about is the, the obedience realm, right? How it, it's critical right now that we are obedient. And if we are not obedient, we are going to expose ourselves to things that are not for us. And I talked about this last week. Um, if you weren't listening, last week we discussed um, when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, how when he um, showed his wonders and when he released the plagues on, on Egypt, initially the plagues only affected the Egyptians. It didn't affect the children of Israel just because of who they were, right, and who they belonged to and who they served. So there's like frogs and, and, and darkness and, and the sea being contaminated, animals dying. There's all these different things that were affecting the Egyptians but wasn't affecting them, um, the children of Israel and Goshen. So the last and final plague, which was the worst plague, right, the deadliest plague, was God killing the firstborn, um, and this, this had an instruction, right? God told them, death angel's coming so that you're not affected, right? Put the blood over the doorpost. So this plague wasn't, who it was going to affect wasn't based on who you served or who you didn't serve. It was based on an act of obedience. So if they would not have put the blood over the doorpost when the angel of death came, all the angel of death was checking on was who had blood over the doorpost. 
If the household didn't, then they did what they were assigned to do. And if they did, they bypassed and went to the next house. And so if any person would have not had the blood over the doorpost, what was not meant for them would have affected them. And this is the realm that we're going into. This is, this is, this is what we're going into in these in days where, you know, we've, God has tremendous grace. God has tremendous mercy, right? But at some point, the protection is not going to just come because of who you are. Now, your soul is still saved, right? Your, your salvation is still secure, but your protection is going to come from your obedience. And so Randy's been talking about that, about God is going to bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And not meaning that they're physically speaking, you know, a witchcraft curse over you, but if they are making moves to interfere with and stop the plan that God has for your life, which is messing up his will, now they enter into a curse. And the curse being that the protection is removed. Well, that could be us too. We can step into a, a God's curse by not being obedient. And so with these two cases, right, the first case, and, and again, going back to the scripture, let, let me tie it all in. Uh, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath, for his judicial righteous, righteousness. For it is written in scripture, vengeance is mine, I will pay, says the Lord. And again, that's Romans twelve nineteen. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up this scripture and the cases is because the enemy is going to try to do anything to get you out of God's protection, to get you out of obedience. And what better way than to try to avenge, right? Somebody does something to you, you try to avenge, right? Both of these cases, that was the primary cause. That was the root of both endings, right? The first one, the lady was mad, and so she she wasn't satisfied with her beating them up, so she wanted more done, so she instructed, she got other people involved and told them, hey, you know, she, in essence, she lied and said that he had hit her. And so to get them fueled up and amped up to go over there, and they went over to his house at midnight, four deep, um, one with a gun, and came looking for trouble and, and, and ultimately found it. Um, and the man was uh, acquitted of, on, on all charges because they went looking to avenge, right? Looking to avenge whether it was, you know, based on good information or bad, they went looking for avenge. Same with this. This lady, this mother, mother of four, you know, child said, hey, neighbor did something. It's still sketchy, the details. She went over there, you know, probably not lightly tapping on a door, probably very angry, as, as most mothers would be if somebody said, messes with your kid. And the lady shot her through the door and killed her. And so in both of these cases, both parties were seeking to avenge a wrong that was done. And it's important during this time that we don't get caught up in the tricks and the schemes of the enemy. Because he'll he'll try to get you out of God's will in in, in several areas, but this is going to be a big one. And Randy was talking about that last night, about being put in a position where it's your family over what God is telling you to do, right? And and that's hard for most people to to choose God over their family because we're naturally family-oriented, right? We're protective of our family for the most part, you know, some family, maybe not all family. But but this this is what God has been speaking to me, that people were going to, we were going to see some early deaths because people were trying to avenge and stepping out of the protection, right? Stepping out of God's will and opening themselves up to whatever. Because when God's not protecting you, you're opened up to whatever. The best analogy that God gave me about his protection is he told me that his protection was like stepping outside, right, with glass-covered streets with the most padded, perfect shoes on. When you have a really good pair of shoes, there could be glass on the street and you would not ever know it if it weren't for the crunch, right? If you didn't hear it, but you're not feeling it. And so you're not feeling the effect. It's there, but you're able to still move, function, do what needs to be done. You're protected from it, right? But when you don't have the protection of God, it's like stepping outside without those shoes. Now your foot's getting cut up and the major arteries off. You could bleed out, all sorts of stuff. You can get gangrene, bacterial infections, whatever's in that glass and dirt, whatever. Now you're affected by it. And so we don't want to get moved out of the will of God. So no matter what the enemy tries to come with, we need to be moving based on scripture. So if somebody does something to you, you, you need not avenge. Again, beloved. 
Never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open <coughs> excuse me, for God's wrath and his judicial righteousness. For it is written in scripture, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, either you trust the word of God or not, because I get it. I, I, I legit get it. I'm not telling you this because of what I read. I'm telling you this because of what I have experienced. That sometimes, man, it feels so unfair. It feels, it's like the Lord dragging his feet or the Lord just let them slide, right? Because you're like, okay, Lord, you're going to repay them, but you repay them in a peso. Like, I'm going to need a million dollar payment. This is not, the math is not adding up to what they did. But you have to trust God. You have to leave the way open. For God to do what he does, because the enemy is going to try to use that to get you out of the protection realm, right, out of the will and open yourselves up to just whatever, you know, in the first case, right, the lady and him had only been in a relationship for a year, they're saying, the lady was married, um, this is probably more, more than likely, this was not a God-ordained relationship, right, just being in the wrong relationship, look at what, what, what happened to this guy's life. Now, granted, he was acquitted, but he also spent two years um, in jail, two years that he's not going to get back. And he was a football player. So contracts gone, money gone, all that gone, you know, exorbitant attorney's fees. So being out of the will of God can be very costly. I know this firsthand. Most people do. And all costs ain't created equal. Sometimes it can cost you, you know, some pain and suffering that you get over, you learn from, you get stronger, you grow. It can cost you your freedom. A person could put you in a position where you can do something that costs you your freedom. There's so many costs, but it's not worth it at the end, in the end. It's not worth being out of God's will when you're dealing with stuff that you don't have to deal with. When, when you've got unnecessary trouble that you, don't, that you shouldn't be having to face. It's one thing going with life's trials and tribulations, right? And tests. It's another thing to just be out of God's will completely, and now you're dealing with stuff that you were never supposed to deal with. Will God step in? Yeah. You repent, but you can't be out of God's will and then say, "Save me," right? But He's like, "Okay, I'm here's how I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna save you by telling you what you need to do to get back in My will." And that brings you the protection, but you don't want to do it. It don't work like that. If you're out of the wheel and all this stuff starts happening and you're praying, God, help me, save me, and he's telling you what to do to get back in his will and say, hey, you're in error here. Get out of that error. You're, you, you're, you're just exposed. It's just whatever. And, and, and you, you tie the hand of God because you're out of the protection and he's told you what to do and you're being disobedient. Disobedience. Of, 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 of this time is not like disobedience of, of yesteryear. The stakes are higher. Please understand, we don't have the luxury of time like like people had in the past. Time is is something that God created. Time is on the time clock. We're on the last grains of sand in the hourglass. We don't have the luxury of time. So we're going to see a lot of people unfortunately, fall victim to their own disobedience. Not, no, it's not a test. It's not a try. It's, it's flat-out disobedience and them putting the curse of God on their own life, meaning that they're out of God's protection. And, and, and you don't know God's protection until, like, you, you know it, but you, you don't understand how, how he protects until you're out give you a quick story. There was several years ago, I was dating this guy that I knew I wasn't supposed to be dating, right? And God came to me and said, I'm about to deal with him concerning finances. So don't give him any money. Don't help him at all with finances. Matter of fact, get away from him because what I'm about to pour on him, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get him to, to cry out to me. Basically, God was going to turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh and the saving of the soul, because this was not a godly man, right? was not godly. And God told me. And so I'm mulling it over, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. And then my son comes to me and says, Mom, God spoke to me, my oldest son, and what God told him was the exact 
same thing. He goes, Mom, you got to get away from, you know, blah, blah, because God's about to deal with him. My son was very young at the time. I want to say he was maybe 18 or something. I don't know. He was very young. So he wasn't like this seasoned super Christian, like very young and in in, in still new in his walk, but knew clearly to say, hey, Mom, you need to get away from this guy because God's about to deal with him. So God started to deal with him, right? God did what he said he was going to do. And his finances, it was just like a gust of wind came and just destroyed this man's finances, kid you not. And here I go, you know, oh, my car's going to get repoed and this, any other. If you can loan me the money, I'll pay you back. So I'm trying to justify it. God had already given me a work. God had already said don't give him any money. Don't help him out financially, period. It wasn't based on this stipulation or that, don't help him out financially if you give him, but it's okay to loan. No, he said don't help him out financially, period. I'm dealing with him, and I'm going to pour it on him. And if you're – get away from him, because if, if you're still around, it's going to – the backsplash is going to affect you. This is what God told me. Before I finish the story, matter of fact, I even had called into Randy one night and gave Randy his name to pray for him, and I've never – her Randy give a negative prophecy or what, what could be perceived as negative ever. This was the first time I ever heard. He told him that everything that he put his hand to was going to fail until he turned his life over to God, literally. And I've never heard Randy say anything like that to this day. I've never heard him up until that point prophesy anything like that. And to this day, I still have never heard him give a prophecy like that. And it wasn't negative, but I'm just saying, like, normally Randy's prophecies are just very, they're, they're not, it, it was very much a warning, like, and, and it was very matter of fact. It, it was like, hey, everything you touch is going to crumble until you get right with God. Everything. Like, nothing's going to succeed. I've never heard him give a prophecy like that. And uh, so even, even with God telling me, okay, listen, listen to me. I, so if you are on some hard-headed uh, stuff right now, know that you're not alone, Right. But I'm trying to spare you by telling you my hard-headed story so that you don't go down that path because the stakes are higher. So God told me directly. I mean, I was like washing dishes, and here comes the voice of the Lord speaking to me about the situation. Then my son, my young son, called me and says, hey, mom, and talks to me, and it's like pleading with me. Then I, I, I have – I call in Randy, give Randy his name, and it's same thing, and then it starts happening. So you think I'd say, oh, there's the Lord, the word of the Lord coming past. Nope, nope. I'm, hey, can I borrow some money to pay my car note? So I'll pay you back. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's different. I'm trying to justify it. Like, oh, okay, I'll say he's going to pay back, so I'll go ahead and give him the money. So I gave him the money. So when I tell you the curse of God, you don't want this. I immediately felt it's like something, my finances, thank God it wasn't over my entire life, but in that area, that disobedience, when my finances, I felt the effect immediately. I could not keep a dollar. I kid you not. I could not keep a dollar. I was working so much overtime, and it's like every time I had something saved outside of like paying bills, something came up to eat. It's like spiritual moths came and ate up all my money, and I was you know, as a single parent, and so I always had a, a pretty healthy savings because it was just me and my kids. So, if, like, something happened with my car, I need a new tire, you know, anything can happen. I always made sure I had a savings. Savings depleted. Like, after I gave him that money, not only did my, my, my finances, they went to hell, right, in a handbasket. But he, didn't, he never paid me back. Right, never. I never got the money back, and his finances just continued to just—they got worse and worse and worse. And I ended up not dealing with him anymore. But it took—I want to say—almost a year before I felt that protection realm. Like I literally could not keep money, and I knew it. I knew I'm like it was the disobedience. I knew it was the disobedience, and. You know, even when I said, you know, Lord, I was wrong, I still was feeling angry. And, and through God's grace and mercy, I always had enough to take care of, like, basic, like, my needs, right? Because the word of God is true. God will supply all your needs. But, like, man, 
I think a tire had blown out and I had almost enough. I was like short by just a little bit. The guy felt sorry for me. And so he's like, I'll just give you a little discount. But I mean, it was horrible. It was an absolute horrible feeling that I knew. I'm like, okay, I'm work all this overtime and then here come the moths to eat it up. So I say that to say, do not put yourself under the curse, meaning basically God's protection, because it's that's not his will. That's not what he wants. That's not what he has for you. So don't be disobedient, right? Don't be disobedient. And being disobedient is not the same as like literally like you really think like, okay, God told me to do this. That's different. We talked about that last week. That's different. But when you know God is speaking to you, God is using other godly people, like there's, you know, you know when you're just trying to make something fit your mental narrative. You know. And people try to pretend like, oh, I didn't know. I thought, no, you know. And I don't, it's not for me to prove to you or if you knew or God knows what you know. God knows. He, he has the ability to examine your thoughts and your heart. So you can play those games with me and other people. <clears throat> but you can't play those games with the Lord. And it doesn't behoove you to because, like the saying goes, stupid games win stupid prizes. And that's what I did. I won a stupid prize because I'm choosing to be disobedient when God has, was, has given me fair warning. Then even after I'm seeing proof of what God said, he's going to pay me back. It's different because he said he's going to pay me and never got the money back and, and, and wasn't even in a position to give that money. And normally, I've, you know, I've always been the type, I'm not going to loan money that I can't afford to lose. But him, oh, you know, I get paid, you know, blah, blah, good for it. So I'm like, you know, you're right. It's cool. I can, I can go a week without it and I'll be okay. Nope. Had to kick up the overtime because no money to be found. Lost his job. I mean, like I said, his finances just went into pure shambles. And I could not maintain mine. It was horrible. It was a bad feeling, and I knew that I had brought it upon myself. And, I, and it was a critical year <clears throat> for me. There was all sorts of stuff going on with my kids and their extracurriculars and things that they were involved in. It all cost, guess what? Money. All of it. I felt like I was working myself into the ground to try to keep up because it's like somebody put a hole in my bank account and the money – I couldn't keep up with the, as quick as it was bleeding out, I'm trying to, you know, give it a transfusion and it's bleeding out faster than I could put the transfusion. Like, that's how it felt. Like, I was exhausted. But I knew I brought it on myself. And I still saw God's grace and mercy in the whole thing. But the stakes are higher now. Um, please, please be obedient. Please seek God for the decisions that you make. Please don't uh, get yourself worked up and try to avenge things. It's, it's a trick. It's a trick of the enemy. He doesn't have any new tricks. He does the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun. And the stakes are higher. So, again, like the two cases I presented, these are two people now who uh, have, two people have lost their lives because they avenged on their own. He stepped out of what God, instead of going to God and saying, Lord, what do you want? Or, or give me wisdom. Because in the first case, the information that fueled the, 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 the vengeance wasn't even accurate information. Person lied. And in the second case, it's still new and fresh. You know, in the world will say it's justified, especially if somebody come messing with your kid, right? The world will justify that. I had to have a chat with some of my friends earlier this week, and we were talking about that. And we were, we were discussing scripture, and I'm like, we have to put scripture to everything. I get it. I'm a mom, and I'm a mama bear. I'm very protective of my kids. But God has had to teach me how to turn them over to him. He loves my kids more than I could ever love them. They belong to him first. I'm just a steward of them, right? They don't belong to me. They're not possessions. They're put in my care, control, and custody for the purpose of training them up 
in the way that they should go. And God trusted, he entrusted that duty to me as a parent. Because once your child is grown, you don't have no nothing over them. They ain't got to talk to you another day in their life. But if you're a good parent, even if you're not, because kids are fiercely loyal to parents, they will still deal with you, but there's, you can't force anything on them anymore because you, they're not in your care, control, or custody. So they don't belong to you. Because something that belongs to you belongs to you, right? It's not like limited time unless you sell it or something like that. So children don't belong to you. They belong to the Lord, and he has entrusted you with them if he chose you to be the one to raise them and that kind of thing. And so a lot of the times we will take that, oh, no, they, 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 those, ones, those are mine. They belong to me. And somebody hurt them, so let me go over there and beat them up or whatever the case may be. And now you're trying to avenge and you're being, you know, you're not following the word. It says be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Because when you, when you operate under wrath, there ain't no righteousness with it. Let's read that because we spoke about that either last week or the week before. Well, let's go to that scripture. So we can know how we need to be operating. So James 1, 19 says, understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let everyone be quick to hear, be a careful, careful, thoughtful listener, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient, reflective, forgiving. Let's go down to 20. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, that standard of behavior which he requires from us. So he's telling us, giving us instructions for all of us, right, how to, how to operate. Quick to hear. Listen. What are they talking about? Listen to what they're saying. Slow to speak. Careful with your words. Just mull it over. You don't have to say nothing, right? Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Because that resentful, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, that standard of behavior which he requires from us. So when we have that resentful, deep-seated anger, no righteousness comes from it. In both these cases, that's what that was. No righteousness was in the actions. The world might justify, oh, you could go over there if you feel like somebody put your hand on your sister. Or you could go over there if you feel somebody put their hands on your baby. The world would justify, we're in it. We're not of it. We don't operate like the world operates. And it's hard because we're submerged in it, right? Terrence and I were talking about this, that the best way to learn a language is to it's submersion, right? That's the best way to learn. And even we're submerged in the world, right? So we pick up the language. But we got to be able to recognize when that language don't line up to our native tongue, which is God's word, right? Because we're kingdom citizens. So that's the language we speak. We speak the, the, the God's language. What does he say? What, what say he about this situation? What say he about how we operate, how we conduct ourselves? We need to be doing constant checks, constant heart checks, constant inventory so that we don't get caught up in, in the wiles of the enemy, the snares, the traps, the schemes, the scams, the smoke screens, because he's going to try it. That's what he does. It's like a hungry lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He's been watching humans since the beginning of humanity. So he knows how to push our buttons. He knows what gets us. So he tries the same thing with just different people. Earth just rotates. People come, people go, people die. Generations come, they go, they die. It's the same, same, it's the same. He tries the same stuff. We see the same pitfalls, the same thing. We, we know when you get to my age, right, I told you my birthday's tomorrow, I'll be 44. I've seen some things. I see the same things play out to the point where now I can see something. Right? I can know some details, and I'm like, mm, I already know how that's going to play out. That's not going to end well. And you don't hope it, but you just know there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same tricks. You see people fall for the same schemes and scams. You see them puffed up people in pride, and you already know what time it is. Because pride always comes 
before destruction. Not some of the time. Let's read that. Because we, we're in what, pride month? Isn't that funny? And, and the enemy, he's so, he's not even slick. See, like, like, like we were just saying, we, we speak kingdom language. The world has their own language. So the world don't even recognize the foreign language that the devil be using, right? Like, like having this month called Pride Month to represent the LGBTQ uh, community. I think there's more stuff now, but that's what I remember of it. Because like LGBTQ something plus at sign, exclamation. I don't know. There's like all these different symbols now. But um, this is the month that they they uh, use to represent their community and, and to, uh, I don't know. But let's go to what the scripture says. But they call it Pride Month, right? They even call their lifestyle Pride, which are part of the Pride lifestyle. And they don't realize that that's a curse. They don't realize that because they don't speak the language of the word of God. So the enemy just be doing stuff in plain sight, and they don't even see it. We see it as believers, or at least we should. But like I said, you 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 uh, keep living, and you see people puffed up in pride, and you already know what time it is. I've, I've yet to see a person puffed up in pride and operating in pride that hasn't fallen. I, I have not seen it. I haven't. So even when I've known people personally and they they be on some puffed up pride stuff, I'm like, hey, that needs to be killed because no good's going to come from you operating and that no good's going to come from it. And, hey, it is what it is. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Let's go to the NIV. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And King James reads, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's period. That's, that's facts. Pride is going to go before destruction. So if you see pride, destruction is, is, is a coming. It's anchored on, right? It's tethered on. It's a combo. It goes first. It's like the, it's like the John the Baptist of destruction, right? Because John the Baptist, he, he, he brought forth, he, he proclaimed the good news of the coming of Christ. And that's what pride does. It's letting you know, hey, destruction on the way. It's going to be here shortly. So it's just funny to me how this month is uh, called, or they deemed it, because it's just June to me, but they deemed it uh, Pride Month. And I think we're going to see some interesting things this year um, in, in this month um, because this is just a different year, right? Let me read you what God told me about this year, the characteristics he gave me. Um, 2023, God restoring, breakthroughs, and exposure. That's what this year, 2023, we're going to see um, a lot of. And that's if you're in the will. That's why it's important to be in God's will because God's going to restore some things this year. This is a year that some of you guys have been really waiting on. That some people have snatched some things or some situations have caused you to, you know, uh, feel like you've lost some things. God is going to restore them. You know, this is a year of break. Some of you feel like you've literally been running against a brick wall and uh, you're going to get breakthrough. And, and then some people feel like, you know, there's some stuff that's going on and they're the only one that knows. Nobody seems to know. This is going to be a year of exposure. But it's very much going to be like that. What's done in the dark comes to light. It's the light year. You know, you know, it don't stay nighttime forever. At some point, the sun gonna rise. And when it comes to spiritual things, it might. It seems like it takes a little longer. Okay, because that's normally not done in a day. But have you ever heard the saying, "What a difference a day makes"? Something could be uncovered today and exposed tomorrow. Oh, what a difference that day makes. Because the sun came out now on that situation, and it always will. You have to trust the word of God. It's so important that you get into the word of God and trust it and operate according to it. Our, our, our protection is, is relying on that. Our victory is relying on that. It's, it's very much like the blood over the doorpost. They weren't protected because of who they were. They were protected because of their obedience. They would have got hit with the same 
death that the Egyptians got hit with had they not been obedient. It wasn't enough to be uh, a servant of God and God's chosen people. That wasn't enough. They had to be obedient. And we have to be obedient in every area of our life. Let, let's, let's get closer to the Lord. There's, there's all these things trying to push and pull your attention. Let's, let's get closer. What is God saying in these times? What is he saying to you? What moves is he telling you to make? What moves is he telling you not to make? What things is he telling you to give up that you are just, just got a kung fu grip on? Let it go. Let it go. Because he knows the plans he has for you. You, you don't know. You can have plans. And your plan, and you can like follow it to the letter, and it, it still won't pan out. You don't have no guarantees in the things that you do in your own power and might. None. You can't even guarantee you're going to wake up tomorrow. You can't. You could say that. You could have a chat with your friend on the phone and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to see you tomorrow. We're going to have lunch at 2, and you might not even wake up. You have zero control. So why not give God the control? Why not give him the, the reins of your life? Why not allow him to be Lord over every area of your life when all of his plans for you are, are good with an expected ending, not for your harm? Your plans can have an expected ending and be for your harm because you're not omnipresent. You're not all-knowing. You are not the creator of you. You are not the creator of life, and you don't have no power, no control, or no deed. You have no guarantee. So your good intentions can have disastrous results. So why not put your life in the hands of the one whose results are guaranteed, who advocates for you, who fights for you, who loves you, who will avenge you? When people do you wrong, telling you, you know what, don't even worry about that. I got that. Let me deal with them. And let me deal with them how I see fit. I know they hurt you. I know they did that. I know they stole from you. I know they lied on your name. They took something from you. They spread false rumors. They come on. There's so much that people can do, but God said, "Let me take care of it. Let me avenge. If I if I need you to take some action, I'm gonna let you know what to do. But when when I tell you what to do, it's not coming from a place of of, of anger or hurt or outrage. It's coming from a place of obedience. And one of these days, Terrence and I are gonna like tell you, like say, Terrence told court stuff and all that kind of stuff. The the literal hell that we went through, literal hell, being lied on and all sorts, I mean, just outrageous lies. It's one of those ones like, you'd be like, are you serious right now? Like, you just can't even believe it. And you're dealing with your own personal stuff. You're dealing with all these changes, literally dealing with all this stuff, dealing with, you know, job changes and, and the death of my mom and all kinds of stuff, and dealing with just this, this ridiculous stuff on top of that, just feeling like avalanche very much feeling like Job, very much feeling like Joseph just tossed in the prison. And you're like, what did I do? Did I do something? Did I offend you, Lord? Like trying to figure it out. And at the same time, you know, uh, him saying, hey, I want you to, to be part of this, to start doing shows. And, and you're going through the most hellish stage of your life ever. And can do stuff, right? Can take remedy, legal remedy and all sorts of stuff. And God teaching and saying, nope, I avenge. Let me, let me take care of things. I'll do, I'll do it in my time. I'll do it my way. So I'm not telling you that it's easy, but I'm telling you it's worth it to be in God's will because God can do things way better than you can. Trust that. Because he knows how to really deal with the heart of things. You can only deal with the surface because you don't have the ability to, to really see the heart. Now, you get some indication, right, because you can hear a person talk and have the mouth flow issues of the heart. You can eyeball a person and, and, and be around them and kind of see what, what type of fruit they got going on. So there's there's definitely some clues. <laughs> but you don't have full access to a person's heart. You don't even have full access to a person's thoughts. They could tell you. You could say, what's your thoughts on this? And they could, it could be a bold-faced lie. And they'll say, oh, I think this and the other. And it's a 100% lie. And you have no way to verify it. You can't confirm nor deny it because you don't have access to the thoughts. You only can ask them. That's what people do. They say, what's your thoughts on this? Because they don't have no way of, of actually knowing. So trust God. I'm, I'm, I'm urging you. I'm begging you. <laughs> Not don't beg. But I'm begging you to get closer to the Lord. 
get into your word so you can know what the word says. And, and, and so that you, when, when people give you this worldly advice, again, we're submerged. So we pick, we pick up the language. We pick up the ways. We pick up the habits. Like in, in, in with ancient Greece, when they would invade cities, right, when they would take over cities, they would plant their people, like a, a, a certain amount of people. I don't know if it was 400, 600. Don't quote me on the number. But they would plant their people in the cities that they would uh, take over because having so a certain amount of people, they start to influence, right? They start to pick up their culture, their customs, their language, their ways, right, by submerging. They, so they would submerge the people that they conquered with their own people so that their culture and stuff, they would continue with these new lands that they would conquer, so I get it when you're submerged in it that you're going to pick up ways, customs, habits, and all that kind of stuff. And if you don't know what way, custom, habit, mindset that you should have, you're not, you're, you're not even going to know that you're in the wrong. You'll be giving somebody bad advice. Hey, this person, they did this to me. What should I do? And, and you're going to tell them what the world would tell them to do. Uh-uh. Don't do that. Get into this word and know what the kingdom, you're a kingdom citizen. What does the kingdom have to say about that? What say you, kingdom? Terrence and I were even discussing, I'm seeing how a lot of people, believers, are reacting to this month, right, with the Pride Month. And you can't go to any store without rainbows and all this kind of stuff um, and, and Pride affiliate, affiliate things. And I was looking at this debate online, um, and this lady who, who said she's a believer, and she was saying, I feel people should have the right to live their life however they want to live it. I just want to be able to, as a believer, hold on to my beliefs. And I told Terrence, I'm like, that's not, that's not a godly mentality to have. I said, because saying that somebody has the right to do it means that they have permission to do it. Like the word righteous, right is in the word righteous. So if God has already deemed something unrighteous, you don't have the right to do it because it's considered sin. So that's why when you don't have Christ, you have to pay for that sin. There's wages for that because you didn't have the right. You basically broke the law. So as a believer, you can't say, well, you feel somebody should have the right as long as I have the right. No, you have the right because you're, you're acting righteously. They don't have the right to that. Now, they, they have the ability to do it because they have free will. Right and ability, that's not the same thing. To, to, for me to recognize you have the free will to do what you want to do, that's different than me saying, oh, yeah, you have the right to do it. You don't have the right to do it if God's already deemed it unrighteous. Because just because the world says that something is okay and it's acceptable doesn't mean that God says it's okay and it's acceptable because what the world deems okay and acceptable doesn't translate into eternity. You don't say, oh, well, I know that I didn't have Jesus, Lord, but the world said that I, was, I, was, I had the right to be loud and proud and do this and the other and partake in this lifestyle. That's not what God said. The world can tell you, oh, you're born this way, but the word says you have to be reborn. You don't have the right to, to act on things that might come natural to you, right? Because we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So, yeah, that might feel natural. It's like some people, it, serial killers, it felt natural to kill. Some people are naturally uh, angry more than people. Some people naturally are prone to alcoholism or drug abuse and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't give you the right because it feels correct. Because it's easy for you to do it. That doesn't now give you the right. And so I was like, as a believer, we got to be careful about what we're, how we're representing. We need to be watching our words and, and saying what God says. There's ways that you can go about saying things and, and, and not be offensive but still tell the truth. Right? It's never, my, my, it's never my, my, my intent to offend, but the truth does offend. People will get mad because it's the truth. You can say it in the most polite, sugar-coated kid glove way humanly possible and somebody will still be offended because it's bothering them because that conviction, now they're mad at you. They're trying to take their conviction out on you. And that's not my problem. Because I'm going to do my job, period. It's, it's my job to speak what the word of God says. But I can, but I was like, nah, we as believers, we, we got to stop trying to be scary and shaky. We got to stop being cowards because when the word of God says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, he, when you break it down, it says he hasn't given us a, a cowardly spirit. So that, that's not of God. Trying to tiptoe and kumbaya. No, it's not for me to kumbaya. If I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Will I still love you despite the type of choices that you make? Yes. 
But can I say that your choices are acceptable in the sight of God? No, I can't. Half the stuff I've done in my life is not acceptable to God. And I will not pretend that it was. I won't pretend when I was a hell-bound, fornicating, lying, heathen, that that was cool with God because it absolutely was not. I don't care what the world said or says. I don't care if I made bad choices because I was quote unquote justified because somebody came messing with me or doing that. That God says it was wrong, so there's no I don't have I had no right. You don't have no right to do nothing that's unrighteous. So again, get into your word because we are in this world and too many of us are so submerged we don't realize what culture, what ways, what mentalities what speech is, is, is worldly and what's not. We can't tell one from the other, and we need to. Because people are going to have questions. You're surrounded by all sorts of people. How do you deal with that? When somebody says, hey, I want to invite you to this parade, or whatever the case may be. Or when somebody says, hey, I've got a child that wants to be called they, them, and all this other stuff that's going on. You need to be able to know how to speak, how to tell the truth. You need to be able to even point out when somebody says, oh, if you believe this, you're a phobic. You're not afraid of what? Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. So I'm not afraid of nothing that's in the world and that's of the world. I fear God who has the ability to throw my soul into hell. I don't fear no, no person, no system. So what are you, clearly you afraid. How come I got to be afraid of your belief, but you not a phobic of my belief? Who's really the, 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 the fearful one? Quit letting people bully you and, and, and quit make, letting people dictate how you speak when you're trying to tiptoe around the truth. The truth is what it is. I saw something where somebody said, oh, no, things aren't always black and white. There's gray. No, there's not. It's black, it's white. You for, if you're not for God, you're against them, against them, period. You're either for them or against them. That's just that on that. It don't matter what belief system you have, what spirituality you worship in the universe, Buddha, you Muslim, you a peace person, you a white witch, whatever you are. If you're not for God, you are instantly against him. So if the belief practice, if the precept, if the mentality is not for God, it is against it. There's no sugarcoat. There's no straddling the fence. So we as kingdom citizens and as representatives of Christ in this earth, we need to, we need to be speaking the right speech. God got me just going off on something else. I'm supposed to end the show by now because I got things to do. But I love you all, and I'm going to be obedient and, and be on here as long as I need to. But we need to, we need to allow God to use us and not be afraid. If God be for you, who could be against you? So what are you afraid of? Am I saying to go get a bullhorn and stand on the street corner and say, repent, yes, lest ye be damned? Nobody's telling you to do that. And if God is telling you to do that, then I bet you better slide off to Home Depot or Lowe's and get your megahorn or your bullhorn. But I'm saying as, you, as you're in this world, you, you need to be making sure your, your, your speech is lining up. When you're involving other people, if you have a problem with your speech and the comfort of your own home, something you're dealing with, cool. But you, when you out here representing Christ, it's better to say nothing then. <laughs> but the takeaway, we need to be obedient. It's, it's important. We do not want to be under the curse of God. We need to not be avenging that God... Avenge. Trust him. Not, like I said, I get it. When we tell our full story, you are going to clutch your pearls. You're going to put your hand over your mouth. You're going to gasp. You're going to spin around three times. You're going to say, oh, no, they didn't. Like, I'm telling you, the stuff that we had to deal with was like really fight-worthy stuff. And, and, and going to God like, okay, can I do this? Can I do that? And God like, no. Let me, let me take care of it. And years pass, right? Days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And you're like, I know you're lying, Lord. It's still, it don't feel like, and God having to teach how to not be bitter and angry. Why he does what he does. Don't avenge. Learn your word. Learn your kingdom. 
Don't be out here uh, speaking the world's speech. What does the Lord say about it? Don't be, don't be out here straddling the fence. Don't be out here talking about there's some grain or some lukewarm. There's not. It's hot or cold. You lukewarm, you spit you out. You form or you against them, period. You love the world or you love God. You can't, you can't love both. It's absolute. Get into your word and you learn and you know it and you will pick a side. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me, I want to be under the protection. I, I, don't, I, I don't want to, uh, the, the thousand to be falling on one side and I'm falling right along with them. No, I want to see it from the comfort. So I'm going to read Psalm 91 and then I'm going to do a corporate prayer and end the show. This is, this is a promise to us, Psalms 91. This is a protection prayer. I'm reading it out of the um, Amplified. I'm going to read the whole psalm. Okay? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and trust in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust with great confidence and on whom I rely. But he will save you from the trap of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you and completely protect you with his pinions. And under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. You would not be afraid of the terror of night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction, sudden death that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but danger will not come near you. You will only be a spectator as you look on with your eyes and witness the divine repayment of the wicked as you watch safely from the shelter of the Most High. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. They will lift you up in their hands so that you do not even strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot because he set his love on me. Therefore, I will save him. I will set him securely on high because he knows my name. He confidently trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never abandon abandon him. No, never. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and I will let him see salvation. This is our promise. This is why we are obedient. Because we are under the shelter of the Most High. We'll remain secure. We can rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We're going to see all this stuff take place. But we're going to be watching. We're going to be spectators. Don't step out from the shelter of the Lord. Don't you do it. Don't let them thousand fall and them ten thousand on the right and you following along with them. It's not for you. God said, put the blood on the doorpost, and you put that blood on that doorpost. You don't want to be part of the weeping and wailing that was going on in Egypt when the angel of death came and snatched up them firstborn. Because it's not for you. You, you, you. you are the righteousness of God. So let's be obedient. I'm going to do a corporate prayer, and then I'm going to end the show. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the day you gave us. Love and we honor you, Lord. Father God, we just ask right now that you would help us. Father God, help us. Give us a thirst and a hunger for your word, your knowledge, for your ways. Let us be mindful of our speech. Let us be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Let us allow you to avenge for us and on our behalf, Father God. Let us not get caught up in the trick schemes and the wiles, the traps set before us from the enemy. Lord, we want to stay under your shelter, under your protection, Lord, and let us be righteous um, and, and, and let us be good representatives of your kingdom. Let us be bold in the truth to speak to this dying world that, that feels they, 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 they take comfort because there's, they got numbers. It's, it's like they, they like, oh, yeah, everybody's going along with it, but let us be the one that cries out the truth. Let us be the town crier of the truth. And spread your love and spread your ways. Let us not fold, buckle, bend. Let us not bow. 
to the ways of the world and the tricks of the enemy. Let us be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that says, I'm not bowing because my Lord will save me. And he, even if he does, I'm still not bowing. Give us that boldness, Father God. And, and, and use us as you see fit, Father God. And I just pray, Lord, for every person who, who may be struggling right now with doing what you have called them to do, being obedient or distancing themselves from certain dealings or, or, or putting themselves in position that they're supposed to be in. Give them the courage and the strength to push for them to do what you have called them to do, to be obedient. Because you, you desire to bless us. You love us. You went through all the trouble that you went through to come and, 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 and fulfill and, 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 and to pay the price for us. You died on the cross for us, Father God. You, you came to become a man to sacrifice for us. That's the ultimate love. To give us life and life abundantly. You don't desire for any person to not have an abundant life. So Lord, help help us to take the steps necessary to partake in the abundant life that you already paid the price for. We don't need to pay the price. We don't, we don't need to sacrifice our firstborn or, or, or any other thing that because of our disobedience. You already paid the price so that we can just walk in the, the, the blessings and the protection and the peace. So, Lord, we just love and honor you. Let every person uh, be blessed, have a blessed week, a blessed weekend. Let, let, them, let their ears pop so they can hear very clear what you're saying. He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says, Father God. Amplify their spiritual ears to hear your voice oh so very clearly. And give them a heart after you to desire to be obedient, to, desire, to crave to be obedient, Father God. So, Lord, we just love and honor you. Continue to bless this network um, to, to, to protect Randy, keep him um, lifted and protected. Protect and bless every person that's attached to this network. And we love and honor you and pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Went in the show. I'm sorry I didn't get to individually pray over all of you, but I really got some stuff I got to take care of. But I wanted to definitely get with you all tonight. Um, but be sure to call back at 845. The number you are going to call is, um, hold on, I'm on the wrong one. You're going to call uh, 319-527-6737, hit one, get into the queue. Wednesdays, Randy uh, gives a message, and he typically prophesies over everyone. If you haven't been listening to the show this week, I highly recommend you go on, uh, just Google Randy Chandler Blog Talk, listen to Monday's show, and listen to Tuesday's show. Very powerful stuff. Um, what Randy's been preaching, God has already been preaching to me, and and this is months and months of, of God ministering to me, so um, this is this is pure word uh, from heaven. So please listen to it, be obedient, um, and 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 be mindful of the word. Anyway, till next time, love you all. Good night. <laughs>